Bibles, and I want you to turn to a very familiar passage of Scripture, Galatians chapter 5, all right? Galatians chapter number 5. We've been there many times the last little bit, and I have a confession to make. We're going to be there all day today, all right, and both services, and but I can promise you something. Every time you go there, you'll get something fresh. The Lord's able to give you something fresh. A couple things that I want to make mention to you of. Uh, they're going to, Lord willing, they're going to start pouring the uh, sidewalks tomorrow, concrete, around the fellowship hall. So that's a blessing. Things are looking really, really good out there. And I appreciate Brother Ernest has just done. He has been just such a blessing in all of that. And it's looking really good out there. And uh and then it won't be too long. It won't be too long. We're going to be doing open house down here at the uh, what we're calling the Space Life Center. And uh, it's going to knock your socks off. I'm telling you what, it's just going to knock your socks off. It's just absolutely gorgeous. And we're so excited about what the Lord is doing down there. I will, I'll make more mention of this tonight, but we are going to have next Sunday uh, after the service, we're going to have uh, an, an egg hunt for all of the boys and girls and, and uh, again, I'll make mention of that a little bit more tonight in the service. Galatians chapter 5 in your Bibles, when you find your place, if you'll stand with us uh, this morning. And uh, we're going to start in verse number 16. That's where we've been reading a lot here lately. But let's, let's read through it. And, uh, and then tonight, we will uh, progress on into Galatians chapter 6. And so I hope that you'll be back uh, tonight. Don't, don't miss tonight, whatever you do. Galatians 5 verse 16 Paul the Apostle says this, I say then walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. But if ye be led of the Spirit, you're not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envies, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. And we're just going over so many lessons that we've been learning here on Sunday night. Of the which I tell you before, as I've also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, Against such there is no law. We were just there just the other night in that verse. But I want you to find your place in verse 24. And that's where we're going to be today. And the Bible says, And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. And then he says, If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. You may be seated this morning. And I want to talk to you about this subject, and they that are Christ's, and they that are Christ. And before we pray, let me just ask a question. Are you one of those that are Christ's? Are you of Christ? I hope, I hope the answer to that would be absolutely, Pastor, not a shadow of a doubt about that. And so let's go to the Lord in prayer. And uh, this is very much a Bible study today. We're going to jump into a Bible study, and we're going to just we're going to take this little verse apart, and we're going to dissect it and teach on it a little bit, preach on it a little bit, and I hope it'll be a help to you. Let's pray together. Father, we love you. Thank you so much for the privilege to be back at Calvary today, and I've enjoyed the service, and and it's it's helped me spiritually already, 
And I'm just thankful for every song, for the choir, for the special, for the beautiful offertory. Lord, it was just great. All of it was wonderful. And now, Lord, I pray that you'll knit our hearts together. So good to see our people here today. And then, Lord, it's so good to see new faces. And, and uh, some of these new faces are coming every Sunday. And it's just wonderful, Lord. We just love it. And uh, we're thankful for what you're doing. Father, we pray you might continue to build your church. And I pray that you'd help us to be the vessels that you want us to be as we are living in, the la in these last days, believing that the coming of the Lord is right around the corner. God, I pray that you'd help us to learn as much about this book as we can. And, and I pray that we would be the Christians that you want us to be. So Lord, now for just a few moments, supernaturally, I pray that you'd help us to, to tune everything else out. Lord, the valley that Miss Jennifer just sang about, the burdens, the, the problems, the issues. I pray that we'd focus those things out for a little bit. And I pray that we would tune in on spiritual matters. God, touch us now physically, spiritually. Father, we love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray and for his sake, amen. I want to draw your attention to Galatians chapter 5 and verse number 24. That's pretty much where we're going to camp out the whole time today. The Bible says, and they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lust. The other day, I can't remember if I said this here or on the broadcast, but it was one of those places and maybe both. But uh, I said this, I said the Bible is like hidden treasure. And the more you dig, the more treasure you're going to find. I believe that. I really do. I, I, this, is, this is a treasure chest to me. And sometimes it's a buried treasure. And, um, and people say, you know, I'm not picking on, I don't, don't take this the wrong way. I'm not picking on anybody. But sometimes people say, preacher, I, you know, I read the Bible the other day and I just didn't get anything from it. I can't understand it. And uh, any advice? Yes. Keep reading. Amen. Keep digging. You know, if you go out and uh, uh, have, you ever, have you ever been to the coast and you see these people with these headphones on and metal detectors? Is that what you still call them? Metal, detector, metal detectors? And they'd be walking down the beach. They're doing this deal right here. And they're listening, you know, and uh, they're hoping to find some kind of buried treasure. Truth of the matter is, they'll do that many times and never find anything. And then all of a sudden, they might find something that's, that, that's of value. The Word of God's like that. Man, the more you dig, the more you're going to find that hidden treasure. But I also said that to say this. The Bible is not only like hidden treasure, but the Bible is very much like a pool of water. It doesn't matter where you jump in, you're going to get wet. And so you can jump in the deep, you're going to get wet. But if you jump in the shallow, you're going to get wet. Well, you say, Pastor, what in the world does that have to do with the Bible? Listen, did you know it does not matter where you read, you're going to get truth. So you can read in the book of Deuteronomy, and I can promise you, you're going to get truth. Or you can read in the book of Leviticus, and some of you have been recently. You told me, preacher, my devotions right now in Leviticus. I remember taking Leviticus in seminary, and I, and, uh, and I dreaded it. I dreaded it. But I thought, I need, some, I need a little help there in Leviticus. And I remember just dreading it all the way to signing up for the class. And I took Leviticus, and it was one of the greatest classes I ever took in my life. And man, one of my favorite books in the Bible is the book of Leviticus. Now, it doesn't matter where you read. You know what? You may just... Open your Bible, let it fall open. Listen, wherever you read, you're going to get truth. And, uh, and I said that to say this, such is the case with Galatians chapter 5 and verse number 24. Galatians 5, 24 would be considered what we call an obscure verse. 
It's one of those verses that you might just read over and not really give it a passing thought. You might read Galatians chapter five, verse number 24, and you might think, you know what, really, this is just a verse, it's a little verse that, that doesn't really have to be there. It just sort of connects, you know, some important scripture with some other important scripture. And Galatians five and verse 24, it's just one of those connecting verses, and it's really not that important, but nothing could be further from the truth. Galatians chapter five is absolutely bleeding with truth. And we want to we look at it today. And so Galatians 5.24, let's read it together as a church family today. Galatians 5.24, ready? And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lust. Can we do that one more time? Ready? And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lust. Now, there's several wonderful truths that we learn from Galatians chapter five, verse number 24. First of all, we see the concept of belonging. Belonging. Now, don't miss this because this is so important. But we see the concept of belonging. In other words, if you and I are saved, you know what we're learning here? We belong to Christ. Look what he says. Look at it again. And they that are Christ's. In other words, those that belong to Christ. Man, I am so glad that I can just get up here today and testify and tell you I belong to Christ. I belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. We sing that song sometimes here at Calvary that says, he is mine. I'm blessed beyond all measure. He is mine. I have pardoned full and free through the blood he shed for me. Saved forever, I shall be. He is mine. Boy, thank God he is mine. Thank God that I belong to him. And I'm going to tell you something. He belongs to me. Boy, now you say, Pastor, is that a big deal? Oh, man, that's a real big deal. I belong to Christ. Now, you say, Preacher, why is that so big? And this is the reason. Because that's not necessarily true for the unbeliever. You say, well, Pastor, everybody belongs to Christ. Not so. Not according to the word of God. In fact, why don't we do it? Let's just turn there. Everybody okay with having Bible study this morning? Turn to the Gospel of John. John chapter 8. And look at verse number 44. John chapter 8, verse number 44. To all those who say, well, everybody belongs to Christ. That's not what our Bible teaches. Boy, I'm thankful that 41 years ago when I gave my life to Jesus Christ, thank God, I belong. I now belong to him and he belongs to me. But look what our Bible says in John chapter 8 and verse number 44. The Lord Jesus Christ is speaking to unbelieving Jews here. And he says in verse number 44, ye are of your father, the who? Yeah. The devil. You don't belong to Christ. You are of your father, the devil, and the lust of your father ye will do. You don't have to turn there. But in Acts chapter 13, verse number 10, when Paul the apostle is referring to Elymas, the sorcerer, this is what he said. Oh, full of subtlety and all mischief, thou child of the devil, thou enemy of righteousness. Not everybody belongs to Jesus Christ. But I'm thankful for those that came to that place in their life where they realized that they were a depraved sinner that could not save themselves and they realized what God had done for them, how he sent his only son and Jesus came and bled and suffered and died and came out of the grave on the third day and, uh, and they gave their heart and life to Jesus Christ, repented and turned to Jesus and Jesus saved their soul and now they belong to the Lord. I wanna ask you a question. Do you belong to Christ? Yes. 
Do you belong to Christ? Hey, listen, I'm going to tell you something. If you belong to the Lord, that's something to shout about. That's something to get excited about. I know sometimes people come to Calvary and they're like, man, what's the deal? I mean, what, what are they so excited about? We are excited because we belong to Jesus. That's what we're excited about. Oh, listen, I know sometimes people say, man, it's preacher, don't you understand that it's 2023? Don't you understand that there's so much heartache? Don't you understand that there's so much division on Capitol Hill? Don't you understand what Russia's trying to do? Don't you understand what Iraq is trying to do? Yes, I understand all those things, but I also understand something greater than that, that I belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. And by the way, so do you, if you're saved. Now, why are you even preaching that, Pastor? Do you know what a wonderful feeling it is to know that you belong? I'm glad that I belong to this little redhead right over there. I belong to her. I'm glad I belong to her. I'm glad she belongs to me. I'm thankful that I can say this. I know not everybody can, but I'm thankful that I grew up belonging to loving parents who are probably watching right now. Man, what a great feeling that is. Now, you're here this morning and you say, Pastor, I did not, okay. But I'll tell you what you do. If, if you did not grow up belonging to, to good, godly, loving parents, make sure you give it to your kids. Make sure that your kids belong to good, godly, loving, caring parents that care for them. Again, I'm just saying this, man, what a blessing it is. What a blessing it is to belong, to belong, and not just belong, but belong to Jesus. We have a lot of dog lovers in this room this morning. And have you ever done this? Have you ever come up on a dog and when you saw that dog, you automatically knew? Must be a stray. I mean, it was weak and emaciated. Ribs were sticking out. Didn't have a collar on. It's, you know, its fur was matted. Nobody had brushed it. Nobody had washed it in a long time. And, uh, you know, it was sort of scared of you. And, and you, maybe you tried to give it a little something or maybe you tried to give it some water, just feeling sorry for it. But it, you could tell it was fearful of people and it had been out, you know, for a long, long time. And, and you thought, man, there's a stray. That's a stray right there. That's a stray. Now, if you came to our house today and you saw my wife's little dog, Callie, you would definitely not say she's a stray. Because she's fat as, fat as a, uh, you know, whatever fat is. Fat as a pancake. I was going to say fat as a pancake. It's flat as a pancake. And, uh, but you can tell she's not uh, undernourished. That's what I'm trying to say. She's not undernourished. In fact, she is uh, uh, one of the most spoiled little dogs. In fact, Samuel and Becca uh, kept her not long ago. And Samuel, uh, later on when he brought her back, he said, Mama, that is one of the most spoiled dogs I've ever seen in my life. And uh, she thinks every time she goes out that she deserves a treat. You know, I mean, it's just, and she's brushed and she's bathed and she has a collar and she has not one bed, but two beds uh, to sleep in. And uh, again, she's not astray. Now, the reason she's not astray, you know why? She belongs. She belongs to somebody. Boy, thank God. Hey, I want to tell you something. You don't have to be astray today. Somebody says, preacher, I don't know why I'm here. My, my life doesn't mean anything. Oh, yes, it does. Your life means everything in the world, and especially if you belong to Jesus Christ, God has a purpose for you. He has something he wants you to do. He wants you to accomplish a great work. Oh, man, thank God I belong to Jesus Christ this morning. Amen. 
But I got even better news than that. If you're here today and you're saved, you not only belong, but you've been bought by Christ. Hey, take your Bibles this morning, if you will, and turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and look at verse number 19 with me. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse number 19. Man, pastor, I mean, just how strong is that? I mean, what does that really mean? Listen, I not only belong to him, I am bought. I am bought by him. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse number 19. Paul says, what? Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and ye are not your own, verse 20. For ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God. Turn over one page and look at 1 Corinthians chapter 7 and look at verse 23. 1 Corinthians 7, verse 23, the Bible says, ye are bought with a price. Be not ye the servants of men. Oh, Calvary, listen to him. I'm telling you, you belong. And you not only belong, but you're bought. You're bought. If you're saved, you've been bought. And you've been bought with the precious blood of Jesus. Man, that's a big deal. That's a big deal. Now, forgive me for giving this old illustration, but it just fits so good right here. Little boy, looking through a magazine one day and came across one of these ads for a sailboat. And you could send off, you know, and you get this sailboat. So sure enough, he tore the little thing out and he sent it off and he got this sailboat. And man, he, he had to put it together. It's like a model. And so, I mean, it took him maybe weeks. And he got some glue and he, he put this piece here and he glued the next piece on and just very meticulously he put that boat together and then he assembled all the sails and he built the sails and put the sails on it and then he uh, took some sandpaper and he sanded it all down and got it all nice and smooth and then he got some paint and he you know just painted it very very carefully and beautifully then he got some polyurethane you know and he, he cleared it and I mean it was just absolutely just absolutely beautiful and he thought, man, now's the day. He said, it's finally done. And he said, I'm going to go sell it. I'm going to see how it sells. So he went down to the lake, and, and, uh, and it was a pretty windy day. And he thought, man, I'm going to sell my little sailboat. And he just loved it so much. And I mean, he put so much into it. And he thought, I'm going I'm to see how it sails. And so he got out there on the water, and he put his little sailboat on the water. And sure enough, man, sure enough, the wind uh, caught those sails. And that little sailboat just stayed on top of the water and was just sailing just as pretty as please. And he thought, man, that is so wonderful and so rewarding. And, uh, but you know what happened? A wind gust got a hold of the sailboat, and it took it out. Uh, into the deep and he couldn't, he couldn't retrieve it. And he kept waiting and hoping maybe that it would, would come back to him, but he just got further and further and further away out in that big lake and, and he couldn't get to it. And finally, that sailboat got out of, the, out of his sight. And man, that day he went home. He was so discouraged. He lost his little sailboat. It was a week or two later, he was downtown and he was walking past the hobby store and, he, and uh, they had d different little things in the hobby store window and he noticed that in the hobby store window, there was his boat. There was his boat. No, no mistake, that was his boat. And he was just elated. He ran into the store and he said, sorry, sir, that's my boat. I want my boat. That's my boat. I, that's my boat. I, I, I made, that's my boat. And the, and the store owner said, son, said, I'm, I, I'm sorry. I can't give you that boat. He said, somebody, you know, sold that to me. And he said, I paid them money for that. He said, you know, as much as I'd like to. He said, I can't give it to you. If you, you can get it, but you're going to you're gonna have to buy it. 
And the little boy went out, man, he began to work and rake leaves and mow yards and, and, uh, and saved his pennies and saved his money and saved his money and saved his money and finally went back in there and he had this big old bag of change and he poured that change out on the counter and the store clerk counted that change one by one and sure enough, he had enough and that little boy got that, that boat out of that store window and he walked out the door and had that boat hugging that boat and he said this, he said, you're mine, you're mine, you're mine, you're mine twice, you're mine twice. He said, I built you and now I bought you. Oh, I wanna tell you something, thank God. He built me, but hallelujah, 41 years ago, he bought me and I belong to the Lord Jesus Christ this morning. Man, and so what do we learn from Galatians 5, 24? Number one, we see the concept of belonging, but there's some other very important things. I really thought about stopping there, but there's some other things that are very important for us to see. Number, number next, look at this. We not only see the concept of belonging, but we see the concept of boundaries. Now look back at Galatians chapter five again and look at verse number 24. Very important and I've got this underlined. Galatians 5, 24. The Bible says, and they that are Christ's, look at the next line, have crucified the flesh. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh. So if we belong to Jesus Christ, we are to crucify the flesh. You know what that speaks of? It speaks of boundaries. If something is crucified, it has boundaries. It has limitations. Uh, something that's crucified is restricted concerning what it can do and what it can do. Think about it like this. A person that's been crucified can only move so much. If someone's been crucified, they can move the trunk of their body. They cannot move their arms. They cannot move their feet. And so uh, crucifixion speaks of boundaries. Basically, to crucify the flesh means that someone has died to self. That's what the Bible's teaching us there. Now, I want you to hold your place there, Galatians chapter five, and I want, to, I want you to turn back just a few pages, not very many at all, but I want you to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 31. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 31. Notice what the apostle Paul, probably one of the greatest Christians that ever lived, Look what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 31. Paul said, I protest by your rejoicing, which I have in Christ Jesus our Lord. And Paul said, I die daily. Now, did that mean that Paul physically died every day? That's not what it means. But this is what Paul was saying. Every single day, I die to self. Every single day, I crucify my flesh. Every single day. All right, you're in 1 Corinthians 15. Turn back just a few more pages and look, if you will, at Romans chapter six. Romans chapter six. And look with me, please, to verse number one. Romans chapter six and verse number one. Paul, speaking to these Roman Christians, says it like this. Romans six, verse one. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. Watch now, God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein. And so the Bible is teaching us a great truth here. Now it is wonderful to know that we belong, but it's also very important that we see boundaries. The Bible is teaching us to crucify our flesh and to die to self. Now you say, Pastor, what does that, what, what, what does that mean? Let me see if I can illustrate what that means. If you were to come to me today and you say, Preacher, are you mad 
at anybody in this church? No. I'm mad at the devil, but I'm not mad at anybody in this church. Now, has everybody that's ever come through this church treated me right? No, not everybody's treated me exactly right. You say, well, then why are you not mad at somebody? Because dead men don't get mad. Preacher, is there anybody in this church that you have a grudge against? That you have hard feelings against? Maybe they hurt you. Maybe they, uh, you know, maybe they said something evil about you. Maybe they gossiped about you. Maybe they did something you didn't like. Uh, preacher, is there anybody in this church that you have a grudge against? And I want to say very quickly, there's nobody in this church that I have a grudge against. And I'll tell you why. Because dead men don't have grudges. Hey, if you're here this morning and you are bitter at somebody, the problem is you're not dead. If you're here this morning and you're jealous of somebody, the problem is you've never died. If you're here this morning and you are spiteful towards somebody in the church, there is a big problem, and the problem is this. You have not crucified the flesh. You have not died to self, because when you die to self, you don't get spiteful. And when you die to self, you're not jealous. Well, so-and-so sings all the time, and I don't get to sing, but every once in a while. Well, so-and-so took my seat, and that was my seat. That was my seat. That was all my seat. That was my seat. I'm telling you, that was my seat. I see it all the time. It's my seat. It's got my name on it. I, I, I put a gold plate underneath it that says, that's my seat. You know what the problem is? You never died. You never died. Brother, uh, uh, Dr. Bobby Robertson, who's in heaven now, both these men are actually in heaven. Dr. Bobby Robertson was spending some time with, with Brother Lester Roloff, and, and uh, Brother Lester Roloff used to minister down in Corpus Christi, Texas, and had uh, uh, homes for uh, homeless kids and wayward children. And, and anyway, uh, Brother Roloff had come to North Carolina at Walkertown, and Brother Bobby and Brother Roloff were out uh, somewhere, and Brother Bobby said something and, uh, and later on that night, he thought, you know what? I know I offended Brother Roloff. I know I did. And there were other preachers present. So Brother Bobby didn't say anything about that until later. And he was with Brother Roloff. And he said, Brother Roloff, he said, I want to I apologize. He said, I know I offended you tonight. And Brother Roloff said, Brother Bobby, if I am offended, it's not your fault. It's my fault. Because men that are dead don't get offended. Oh, we're preaching good this morning. And so we, we learn here, listen, we not, only, we not only belong, but we notice here that the Christian life is a crucified life. We see boundaries. And there's one last thing I want to share with you. Not only do we see the concept of belonging and the concept of boundaries, but we see the concept of what I'm going to call a bold reality, a bold reality. Now, oh, mercy, whatever you do, we're almost done. Whatever you do, don't, don't, don't tune me out. Look at Galatians chapter 5, verse number 24 again. Galatians 5, verse 24, this is so important. The Bible says, and they that are Christ, thank God we have a belonging, and they that are Christ have crucified the flesh. Uh, we've got to die to self. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh, here it is, with the affections and lust. That's a bold reality. You know what Paul is saying here? The flesh has affections and lust that must be conquered. 
In other words, we're not all that. Amen. Yep. So I'm going to tell you one thing. I don't know about you, but I'm a great person. Whew. Well, let me tell you about me. My worst enemy is me. My worst problem is the guy that I shave every day. And I'm gonna tell you something else. I don't have time to be keeping 20 other preachers in our county straight when it's a full-time job keep me straight. And I wonder sometimes about all these other reverends who feel like, you know what, it's their job to keep all the beloved, you know, straight and right with God and write magazines and periodicals and newspapers and, and all these kind of things. And I'm thinking, man, you must, wow, you must really be good. Full-time job, just keep me straight. You know why? Because the flesh has affections and lust. Now, what does that mean, preacher? Think about it, lust. That's one of those kind of things we don't even want to preach on. Lust. Did you know that lust is one of the most, one of the absolute strongest of sinful vices? Lust. Hey, young men, listen to me this morning. Lust. Now, here's the thing. When we think about lust, you know what we always do? We always, we always associate that with sex. But that's not the only place that lust comes into play. There is a lust for sex. So there's also lust for money. Did you know there are some people who ought to be in church this morning but are not in church this morning? You know why? Because of lust. I gotta make a little bit more money and uh, you know what? Y'all go ahead and go into church, you church folk, but we can't go because man, I gotta make, you know, I gotta make more money. There's that lust for money. There's a lust for power. There's a lust for fame. There's a lust for attention. There's a lust for glory. And so the Bible says that our flesh comes with lust and then it says it comes with affections. Now somebody says, preacher, okay, I get the lust thing. I understand that's wrong. But what about affection? I thought affection was a good thing. I thought affection was a, was a natural thing. And here's the answer to that. Affection is a natural thing, but if it is not controlled, it causes problems. I have a great affection for Krispy Kreme. I'm just telling y'all, with that hot and ready signs on, I'm ready, let's go. You say, what, you know, you like custard field, cream field, uh, yeah, yeah. Raspberry, yeah. <laughs> Blueberry, yes. Dancers, yes. I like them all. And, and sometimes, man, I'm telling you, sometimes, uh, you know, when we have marriage retreat and all those donuts are laying there and I'm thinking, oh, man, you know, I, just, I can just lay down in them, man. You know, just lay down in them. <laughs> I have an affection, affection man. I, I have an affection for... What's the name of that place down in Moxville? Ketchy Creek. I have an affection for those cream horns that they make in that place. I'm telling you, I do. But here's the problem. If I don't, if I don't control that affection, you know what happens? Those affections take over. And then I'm, then I'm so big, I can't even get out of the bed. Affections. Now we're done, but listen to this. Why is it so important to crucify the flesh 
with those affections and lusts, and this is the reason, because if we don't, people will see the affections and lust rather than see Jesus Christ. So it's just very fitting after being, after my mother-in-law's been in hospice for a number of days. There was a hospice chaplain by the name of Larry. And he would go in occasionally and visit the hospice house. And he, he came to know a, a lady in the hospice house by the name of Mary. Her name was, uh, I'm sorry, her name was Mary. She was 80 years old and she was very sick. And he would go by on a regular basis and he would uh, visit with her. And, and uh, they really struck up a friendship and he knew that her time was limited, and so he would go by faithfully and he would pray with her. And, uh, and then one day he got a call, and it said this, Mary has took a turn for the worse, and if you want to see her before she passes, you better come. Well, Larry hopped in his car, and he went over to hospice and went down to a room and knocked on the door, didn't hear anything, and so he walked on in the room, you know, very discreetly walked into the room, and Mary, this 80-year-old woman, Mary was asleep. And he thought, well, you know what? This lady's been in so much pain. I'm not gonna even wake her up. And he got ready to turn to leave and she, she woke up and she stared straight at him like she was trying to figure out what was going on. She stared straight at him and he stopped. And then she said this, oh, for a minute I thought you were Jesus. And he said, when she said those words, he said, man, it was like an arrow. For a minute, I thought you were Jesus. Did you know this world looks at us? They ought to mistake us for Jesus. A dad, a, a dad who was a pastor, was uh, him and his little boy were on the way home from church. And uh, as they were driving, the dad, who was the pastor, said to his little boy, he said, hey, son, said, how'd Sunday school go today? He said, oh, went good, dad. Went good, just a little guy. And he said, well, tell me what you learned in Sunday school today. He said, well, Daddy, he said, we, we, learned, we learned that God loves us. He said, wow, that's great. He said, did you, did, did you learn anything else? He said, yes, sir. He said, we learned that when we sin, we disappoint God. He said, now, boy, that's good. Anything else that you learned? He said, Daddy, he said, we learned that if we keep on disobeying God, although he loves us, God will spank us. And then there was silence in the car. And then the little boy looked over his dad and he said, Daddy, are you God? Are you God? Hey, church, I want to tell you something. When people look at us, they ought to mistake us for Jesus. And that's why we ought to crucify this flesh Amen. with its affections and its lust so people can see Jesus Christ in you and me. Would you bow your heads with us this morning? Father, we thank you for this Bible study. We thank you for this time that we've had together. Father, I'm thankful that I belong I'm thankful that I not only belong, but I've been bought. Lord, I am his through and through. He is mine. I am his. I'm so thankful that I belong to the Savior. Lord, that means my life matters. Father, maybe there's somebody here this morning that needed to hear that. Lord, maybe somebody told them they were an accident. Maybe somebody told them that they would never amount to anything. 
Maybe somebody told them that they were worthless. Father, would you help that person to realize that if they've been born again, they belong. Lord, their life has purpose and has meaning. And then, Lord, help us to understand that we're gonna have to crucify this flesh. Father, maybe today somebody needs to die to self. Maybe somebody's got a grudge. Maybe somebody's bitter. Maybe somebody has hard feelings. Maybe somebody is is jealous. But today the Holy Spirit has spoken to their heart and they would say, Lord, by your grace, I'm gonna die today. I'm gonna die to self. Lord, I'm gonna let you worry about the exaltation. God, maybe there's somebody here this morning that's got those lusts and affections that are rising up and maybe this week that flesh has conquered, that flesh has won the the contest. And today, Lord, you would help them in crucifying that flesh with its affections and its lusts. God, today I pray that you'd have your way in this invitation and I pray all that's done would honor the Lord. And our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed. Let me ask a question. How many are here this morning? And you'd say, Pastor, if I died today, I know beyond a shadow of any doubt, I know that I am saved and I'm going to heaven when I die. Pastor, I'm talking about born again. I'm not talking about signing a card or I'm not talking about being a church member. I'm talking about, I'm not talking about being sprinkled. Pastor, there was a day when I know I was born again. I received Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. If that's you with heads bowed and eyes closed, you just slip your hand up and say, Pastor, I know I belong. I belong. I belong to him. I belong to him. Praise the Lord. You can lower your hands. Is there anybody here today, though, who'd be real honest and you'd say, Preacher, if I died today, I'm not sure. Pastor, I want to go to heaven. I really do. I want to go to heaven. I I, I want to walk on that street of gold. I want to experience heaven and all of its glory. But pastor, I just don't know for sure that I would go. I want to go, but I'm just not sure I would. If I died today, I'm just not sure that I'd go to heaven. And I want you to pray for me. Is there one like that anywhere right now? You just slip your hand up. Just slip it up right now and let me pray for you. Can I pray for you? Preacher, if I died, I'm not sure that I would go to heaven. Would you pray for me? I see that little hand. Is there somebody else? Preacher, if I died, I'm not sure that I would go to heaven. Come on, raise it high. Don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed. Just raise it and wave it at me, sort of. Preacher, that's me. That's me. I see that little hand. Thank you. Anybody else? Pastor, remember me. All right, I want to ask something else, though. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. I wonder if there's somebody here today that says, Preacher, I need to die to self. I need to die to self. Maybe you're here this morning, your heart's so full of bitterness. Maybe today you've you've, you've got some type of animosity in your heart against somebody else. Might Might not even be in this church. Somebody in your family, somebody in your past. And you say, Pastor, I need to die to self. Oh, I need to die to self. Now, I'm not going to even ask you to raise your hand, but you know who you are. But I want to ask you something else. 
Who is it that's here right now who would say, in your heart, Pastor, I desperately need to crucify my flesh with the affections and lusts. There are some things in my life that with the help of the Lord, I have got to conquer. I've got to conquer it. I've got to, I've got to. It's not the kinds of things that Christian people ought to be involved in. I've got to conquer it. With the help of God, I've got to conquer it. Now, you know who you are. And if right now in your spirit, if you're raising your hand in your spirit, I'm going to ask you in just a moment, with heads bowed and eyes closed, I'm going to ask you to make your way to the front and just find your place on the altar and do business with the Lord. Would you stand with us? Would you stand with us? Folks are already coming. Our heads are bowed. Let's just keep our heads bowed and our eyes closed. I'm going to ask our personal workers if they would tiptoe down and be here. And folks are coming. And personal workers, y'all help us pray with some of these folks today. Would you come while we wait? Would you come? Would you come? That's right. That's right. Would you come? Would you come? You're here this morning. I want to tell you something. You belong. God's got a purpose for your life. He wants to use you. You're not an accident. Man, you're you're, you're not a passing thought. God wants to put his hand on you and use you in a great way. Would you come right now? Would you come? Would you come? Folks are continuing to come. Would you come? Would you come? You say, Pastor, there's some things I need to crucify today. This week, Satan has tried to invite some things into my life and I need to, preacher, they they need to be crucified. I've got something in my life that's trying to conquer me. It's It's trying to take me over. It needs to be crucified. Will you come? Will you come? Hey, young man, everything good with you? Young lady? Oh, listen, whatever you do, don't let this flesh rise up because it's not satisfied till it takes over. Will you come? So, Father, I'm thankful for your blessings and I'm very thankful for all that you're doing right now. I don't know all that you're doing. I don't have to know. That's the thing. But I'm thankful for what you're doing. Father, please save that one that's nearest hell. Please save that one. God, maybe somebody's watching my way of the live stream and today they need to come to Jesus. I pray, Father, that you'd save their soul. Give them faith. And I pray they'd come to Christ. Lord, this message is a message that applies to every one of us, including this pastor. We've got to die to self. We've got to. And Lord, every day, every day, this flesh tries to rise up. God, we've got to die to self. God, today, work in the hearts, work in the hearts, and help us to go home changed. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Folks are continuing to come. How about you? Is God extending this invitation for you? Would you come?